dropping in on you. I hope that everybody is getting their day off to a great start. As for me, uh, it's been a busy week. Um, 2020 has definitely come with its uh, fair share of challenges, but that's something that uh, I have. I am no stranger to. Uh, it's something that doesn't bend me backwards. It is something that makes me rise to the occasion. So I'm actually relishing the challenges. It's not always fun, but it is definitely rewarding. Uh, I want to thank everybody who has shown love to me as I've uh, progressed from um, my issue my uh, being hospitalized in November and everything that's come about. Thank you for the uh, well wishes. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the advice and the tips and so many other things. Uh, I really appreciate that. Um, for those of you who have gotten behind the work that we're doing at the Odyssey Project uh, in the black community, inner city communities uh, with uh, young black males, young black females and other issues, those of you who understand the importance of creating resources, mental health resources for our young black males uh, and everybody in general, but specifically our young black males who are obviously struggling and suffering in a number of areas that are associated with mental health. Uh, thank you. Uh, we definitely need your support moving forward. Uh, we're going to consistently ask that you do support the work we do. Uh, we're going to keep moving one way or another. I just want to talk here. I've got a lot of things I want to come to you with today. Not at this sitting, but over the course of the day, I've got a few things I want to drop in on. Uh, one is going to be the death of a, a young brother, um, uh, Terrence Jackson, out of West Palm Beach, West Palm Beach, Florida, which, uh, which is the same place and the same high school that Bryce Gowdy played football and atten attended. He's a young uh kid who played football there and he was killed at his grandfather's funeral this past weekend and so we're going to talk about that and where we are with uh, dealing with violence in the community and all the other things that's associated with this is likely according to what I've been able to discover now that that was a rift within the family and he may have even been killed by a family member but a 15 year old kid is gone and it's from the same uh, city, West Palm Beach, Florida, where Bryce Gowdy uh, committed suicide. And we also have another young brother that we've been working with there. So there's a lot going on in that area. And that's just one spot in this country where it's happening and it's happening all over. Uh, I'm going to be here today to talk to you real briefly about uh, this Gail King thing. Gail King... Uh, decided it would be a good idea uh, to ask Lisa Leslie in the middle of an interview about Kobe's rape case. Now, remember, we live in a country where you are assumed innocent until proven guilty, that the burden of proof is on the prosecutor to prove guilt and that you are not assumed guilty but assumed innocent. Now, the truth is, except for when you're a black man, we know that, but we need to talk about uh, the role that specific 
and, and, and specific uh, celebrities and uh, high profile figures, especially black women, are pay, playing in a role in the attack on black men. This is not about a pass for rape. Uh, those of you know me know that I have no tolerance for any violence in any way towards black women. Uh, I am a protector by nature. I'm a defender by nature, but I also understand that uh, white women hollering rape is one of the ways that they have weaponized their whiteness for centuries. And it has come uh, with a very violent repercussion of lynching of uh, multi-year sentences in prison and even death uh, in, in other ways. And we know this because we've seen it over and over again. We've got Emmett Till. Uh, we've got brothers being released from prison after doing decades for crimes they didn't commit but were accused of and having to come out of that. Good morning, everybody. I hope everybody's doing great. Thank you for stopping by. Look, uh, here's what I'm talking about. What we have to understand is the dynamic of how this system works. What we can never have is a black man that is quote unquote an alpha male who has accomplished things who, and who has done it unapologetically and who is standing on his own merits and is not likely to be moved being memorialized without putting some rust and some and, and, and some smear on the on the memorial and the reason being is that type of memorialization has a lot more power than, than people want to uh, admit. Why do you think Confederate states have fought so fiercely to keep Confederate heroes, statues up in, in some of the most uh, conspicuous places? It's because that it has a power. It has a way of mobilizing and inspiring people. And so we can't have a black man standing up and, and moving and being successful without cheating. See, you know, they have no problem putting uh, rappers and other people. And this isn't a shot at entertainment, but I'm just saying, you see, you can sit up and say entertainment. Why? Because there's only a few spots for black entertainers. You can say uh, basketball players and football players, because only 2% of those who aspire to make it to the league make it. So, you know, what you can do is you can have them shooting for that, but the truth is very few will make it. But when you start talking about the success of this man outside of basketball, the work ethic that came before he was ever famous or wealthy, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and all of that and how he accomplished it and that he has inspired and coached and touched lives way outside of basketball before the retirement and even during the retirement, you have to say, okay, there's something there. And it's so much bigger than Kobe Bryant. What we cannot do is allow people to come in and break down the images we need so desperately to share with our young black men. Because working with black men here, here's what I can tell you. Um, here's what I can tell you is that working with these young men, there is an, uh, an inherent idea of what it takes to get out of the hood. Either you need to be able to run fast, jump high, shoot a basketball, be able to rap or sing, or have some other type of skill set that was gonna put you into the media, or you're gonna have to be a dope dealer. 
we don't see enough lawyers. We don't see enough doctors. They're out there. We know they're out there. I know they're out there. Uh, and uh, that I know that the reality is you have a better chance as make, at making it as your own boss, as a business person, as a doctor, as a lawyer than you do as an athlete or as a drug dealer because that's a short-lived life. And either way, an athlete or a drug dealer doesn't have a long shelf life. You know, you're in it. The game is good to you for a while. And then the game eventually urges you out. Either if you're talking about criminality, it urges you out by sending you into long sentences in prison or through death. In the NFL or the NBA or baseball, it urges you out through the breaking down of your body where it can no longer perform at a high level. And you have to exit out and be able to do something else. And your mind, as long as you keep it working, as long as you take care of it, will keep working for you as long as you live. And that's what we try to get our young men to do. But what I'm looking at here is Gail is no stranger to this type of behavior. You know, we saw her uh, sit up and go after uh, Kobe. We know that Oprah went after Michael Jackson and and that Oprah was going after Russell Simmons until the pushback was so strong uh, that she decided to step back from it. Uh, and my thing, again, is I'm not big upping anybody that's harming our women. So I'm not giving R. Kelly a pass. That's, that's not what I'm here for. Um, and if Kobe actually did that, I'm not giving him a pass. But what I can tell you about sexual predators is they have patterns. A sexual predator is a sexual predator. They don't do it once. It's not solely about the sex. A sexual predator, it's about power. It's about control. It's about manipulation. It's about nobody ever says no to me. And it's that I'm gonna, you're going to do exactly what I want you to, one way or the other. That's what rape is about. Rape is about taking away someone else's control to establish your own. It's done through sex, but it's not really about sex. And when you see a person that does that, they have a pattern of it. So normally that's why you see when one person finally comes out about somebody, there's a list of other people who show up and say, yeah, he did this to me. And you start to get an idea of how they behave. And you can look at the consistencies in the story and tell what's true and what's not true. You know, you know, where there's where there, was there a chance for them to collaborate on their stories? Or are these people who don't know each other coming up and telling the same story? Different little nuances about the behavior that, you know, are odd and, and not common, but yet common in the story and the narrative from each person. You start to say, okay, something's here. Something's going on with it. Well, the thing is, when you look at this whole thing and you know, my thing is I have no problem with saying we need to deal with the people who are harming our women and children. I am never going to be a cosigner or an enabler of any person who's harming our women and children. I've shown that. But I also know that it is very, very common for women to say men have done something along this area, whether it's viol domestic violence and, or, or rape, and it hasn't been the case. I know men who were actually the victims of domestic violence and end up being locked up, lost their jobs and a bunch of stuff because that was done. So we have to have balance in this. My whole thing with Gail is that Gail is armed. See, the biggest problem I have with Gail and Oprah is they don't have the same heat and smoke for Harvey Weinstein. They don't have the same heat and smoke for uh, whatever the guy, I can't think of the guy's name, the, uh, 
the uh, broadcaster, but it's so many of them that actually have been proven by multiple stories and crazy stuff. You got Weinstein with two criminal cases in New York, active right now, and he's not getting that smoke from Oprah and, and, and Gail. And then you have to look where Oprah's wealth came from, who opened the doors for her and who she's being loyal to. And you have to understand that this is a game of loyalty. And then they are playing it. It's, it's, it's never I'm going to expose uh, my Jewish friends and, 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 and whatever else relationships they got going on. But the black man is low-hanging fruit. The average black man and even the dead icon, Michael Jackson, can't defend themselves. So I can go at them and I can show that I am loyal to the cause. I am loyal to the system. I am loyal to the destruction of the black man by going after these people. You, 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 you know, finally you got R. Kelly where he's broke. He can't defend himself. He can't buy off or quiet down the rumblings anymore. And so he's easy pickings. You got... Uh, Michael Jackson, who's easy pickings. You got an 80-something-year-old Bill Cosby who became easy pickings, and the system even folded over and violated itself to get him because the evidence they used was evidence that was taken under a deposition that was supposed to be sealed for life and could not be used in future... It, it, and it, the wording was it couldn't be used in future future criminal proceedings, and yet it was. See, that, that's going back and, and, and flipping it over to get who you want to get. And so all of these people fell prey because they became vulnerable. They couldn't defend themselves. And so you look at Kobe. Kobe was definitely capable of answering anybody's attack on him about this particular case while he was alive. Nobody's going at Kobe. Kobe got the, the goodbye in, 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 in L.A., got two jerseys retired, the first person in history to have two different jerseys retired with the same team. Um, and all of this, he's going on, started a whole new life, a whole new situation where he's still working and touching people. And what actually happened is one of the kickers, and even as a big fan of Kobe Bryant, one of the things that I often had a concern about was that he, um, is that I didn't see a whole lot of activity in the black community only come to find out that he was quietly doing things. Uh, one of the first things that came out uh, after his death is that while he could have been working out when he started his career uh, and for years, he could have been working out at Staples Center. He would literally go down to a local community college uh, there that was predominantly black, and he would work out in the gym and make it open, and anybody could come in with the only rule being while he's working out, don't disturb it. Uh, you know, so, you know, just he exposed himself. He had money in community. He was doing work. And so that's starting to come out. So now even that knock against him is being answered in his uh, posthumously. So... My, my, my issue with Gail and Oprah is you have to trace their loyalties. It's real simple. You trace their loyalties. You see what they're loyal to, who they're loyal to, and you have to call a spade a spade. See, my thing is I'm not about giving anybody a pass, but I'm not going to openly go out on an all-out assault on black people, especially for the world to see. A lot of what we need to deal with one, with one another needs to be done internally because they're not going to do that to our benefit. 
they're not going to roll each other in our benefit. I've seen that so many different times where they are little. What's the guy's name? I cannot think of his name right now. Uh, Brock somebody, whatever. The swimmer for Stanford that got caught raping the unconscious girl next to the dumpster who uh, has a white judge give him a sentence of, uh, what was it, 60 days because, and he only served 30, 60 days because uh, being uh, sentenced to prison would totally ruin his life. And like, okay, that happens with everybody. You know, it, it, that's that's the risk you take when you do something like that, is that you could be sacrificing your future. That's the whole thing. You don't get to do things to people. But he gets a slap on the wrist for raping. You have seen that consistently over the last three or four years. And it's been countered by the other side with me, too, where people are just coming out now and making accusations and not needing to validate or support them with any type of evidence. And so you got the uh, two extremes where somebody's getting away with everything and you got a thing and I'm I'm honest and I, I have no problem with being honest about this that you got certain people in positions of power been getting away with it for decades the Weinsteins and the whatever and if you want to put R. Kelly in that mix uh, but when I talk about R. Kelly I want to talk about the enablement there were too many people around him that knew what was going on that didn't say anything there was too many people around him that benefited from his from his money and his fame uh, that weren't about to speak to him and hold him accountable and challenge him. Uh, so you had a bunch of yes men around him that just simply allowed the situation to get worse. We also need to talk about when you're going to talk about R. Kelly, the fact that he was molested as a child by his own sister and that out of that came some darkness. This is, again, not a pass. I don't believe in giving pass to adults. I don't care what you've been through. And see, with me having been married to a wife and having experiences of my own from childhood, but being married to a wife who was the victim of molestation at age five, who uh, was the victim of rape twice as a teenager, when she should have been protected by the men in her family. And I know what that does. And, and, and I know how devastating it is. And so, but I also have the, the end result sitting in front of me that a certain point in her life, she had to make up in her mind that I can't keep blaming that on where I'm at. At some point, I've got to take ownership of what I'm doing with my life. And I've got to find a way to heal from that, to overcome it, and to rise to be somebody who can be an impact and a force that changes it. So no, what R. Kelly did as an adult cannot be excused by what happened to him as a child, but it makes you understand it. And so we've got to hold everyone accountable. What we've got to do, though, is we've got to hold those who are in positions of influence, the Gayle Kings, the Oprah Winfrey's, the Tyler Perry's, those who have voices, uh, the uh, so many right now uh, that they're running through my mind, but I'm not calling their names right. It happens sometimes. You know, it is what it is. But. What we have to do is we have to sit up and say, we're not going to support you on that. Matter of fact, we're going to call you on your BS when you step out of line. We're not going to let you drag our men through the dirt, especially at this point. Is there a time that maybe you discuss that or you want to bring that up? Maybe, but not, I mean, nobody's talked about it for years. He dies and all of a sudden he's fair game because he can't defend himself. 
because now you can pretty much put whatever narrative you want on it and there's nobody that's going to stand there. Well, yes, there are some people who are going to stand here. If we're going to talk about this, Gail, if we're going to drag him through it, let's talk about it, how it really went out. Number one is he is innocent until proven guilty. He was never proven guilty because it never went to trial. Well, let's talk about why it never went to trial. It never went to trial because she was to proven to be a liar, that she was proven not to be credible, which is kind of funny since one of the uh, senators in Pennsylvania wanted to say that Kobe was credibly accused of rape. Not convicted, credibly accused, and that should always be a part of his legacy because he was credibly accused. He didn't get to go through the process to prove himself, prove himself or it was never proven that he was guilty. It was just simply credibly accused. But see, she wasn't even credible. So we know she wasn't credible because she was constantly being caught in lies to the point that it embarrassed her. And then we find out that she had multiple men's DNA inside of her at the time they did the rape kit. And what that means is she slept with multiple men the same day she slept with Kobe. This isn't about judging somebody's sexuality, but it talks. it goes to their character. It goes to their character that sleeping with multiple men wasn't a problem for her. So why would... Uh, an NBA player uh, that's one of the popular, most popular people on the planet and wealthy, why would he have to take it from you when you're giving it away so freely? And the narrative just didn't add up and eventually the charges were dropped. And that was it. The prosecutor said, I can't take this to trial. There's too many inconsistencies, too many lies. She's not credible. She's, it's going to be, it's going to blow up and be torn apart. And it's, it's a waste of taxpayers' money. And that was it, Edward. She wanted, she want, she was looking for a payday. And she got, from what I understand, she got got, got one. You, you know, you sell a lot of court. And people say, well, if he didn't do it, why didn't he, why did he settle? Because that's what, the same reason, I'm going to tell you something. People ask, if he didn't do it, why did he settle? The same reason that 70% of people who do plea bargains actually didn't do it. I'm, I'm sorry, 30%. Uh, I hope my numbers are right, but I can tell you a, a considerable, I've been doing research on the plea bargain trap. And most people who plea bargain are people who get arrested, get caught up in something. And the alternative is far more scarier than what's being offered. You know, he doesn't want to drag this out. He's trying to save his marriage. He's got all this going on. He just wants it to go away. He's literally still playing basketball. He literally goes from making his arraignment and plays a game that night. That just shows the level of commitment and what, what basketball meant to him and how he was going to live his life from that point on, the way he was committed to things. But what happens is there's so much going on. It's easy to do that. It is easy for us to sit up and say, well, if they didn't do it, don't pay them. But, you know, you're in a world where you've got how many men every year released uh, for sexual crimes they didn't commit after doing 30 years. So is it possible that they can convince a civil jury because the weight in a civil case isn't as heavy as a weight in a criminal case? In a criminal case, it's got to be beyond a reasonable doubt. Uh, you know, in a civil case, it doesn't have to be beyond a reasonable doubt. If you think it's a pretty good chance that he did it, you can nail him for, for cash. And that's a game that's being played a lot. And so maybe he played the safe way. Look, I'm going to control how much I'm going to give you. Here it is. Leave me alone. And it, it was it was over and done with, which says a lot because, and I can't tell a woman how she should respond to being raped. So I'm not going to say, well, you know, uh, 
I wouldn't stop at taking the money and going away. I know how I feel. And my thing is, if you did something criminally to my family and there's a way to get money for what you did, I'm going to try to take as much as I can, but I'm not finna back off. I want you to pay for the crime. I want it to be said. I want it to be said legally and on paper that you did it. And that's what I'm going for. And there's nothing that's going to convince me to stop. The, 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 the civil thing is a whole separate thing to me. That's the one I'm worried about least. If I get something for it, I get something or not, but you got to pay, you know, outside of money. Because if I'm getting money, you probably got it. So losing some of it ain't that big of a deal. But giving up your freedom, you know, you uh, that that's that's a big deal. But with, with this, it's a money play, and it's sad that they're in many instances using our own women. And I use the word own very loosely, uh, using black women, uh, for the purpose of throwing that out there and tearing it down. I expect white people to do it. I expect them to do far more than what we are losing our minds about. What they say about us doesn't bother me. I, doesn't, I, I don't get overly worked up about what white people are saying. I'll address it if somebody asks me to. If it becomes an issue, I'll address it. But it's never an issue to me because I never expect people to be something other than what they are. I have never been under the illusion that the vast majority of white people like black people or are cool with black people. They will appropriate our culture. They will appropriate our creativity, our, our ability to invent things. They will appropriate all of that. But they have never, ever desired to really truly have us be a part of what they created. They just needed us to do it. And so that I understand. So when they start talking the way they talk, it doesn't bother me. That's why I was not surprised when Donald Trump was elected. That's why I'm telling you now when I did the video, you remember when I told you he was going to be reelected? It's looking more and more like I was right. And I told you, I also told you something, that he was going to be acquitted from the uh, impeachment that took place in the House, that the Senate was not going to convict him. He was going to be acquitted. He was going to be left in place. And then he was going to be made to look like a Teflon, done, that cannot be defeated. And everybody wants to be on the side of somebody that cannot lose. So he's literally building momentum for this 2020 election. And there's nobody on the Democratic side that can actually stand up to it. Everybody's a joke over there. Everybody's fumbling and falling. That's what it is. That's how it's going to be. And so that's that. But the whole Gail King thing is we need to call her on the bull crap. We need to be very aggressive in dealing with people who do that. This is not about giving anybody who's hurting our women a pass. This is about protecting the legacies of those who deserve our our, our energy and our effort to defend and stand up. He can't speak for himself. So those of us who have voices have to do it and understand what's being done. If Kobe Bryant was really all the things they said he would, they wouldn't have to attack him. It will come and collapse in on him. So they are doing it, trying to force the hand. I just had to stop by and share that with you. I hope that, um, that, you know, um, it's all good. There we go. When I'm about to check out of here, you guys have an unbelievable day and I will be back. I'm out.